Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Friday, October 20th, 2023, and this is episode 550 of the Lots Project Podcast, where we are defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled, Let's Check the Headlines, and I will be uh, looking into a couple articles community has sent, some things that I pulled up this morning as I browsed uh, the, the news blotter pages and then a bunch of other random thoughts that have just been coming up on this final freestyle episode after srf as i catch up with not being able to do a show prep uh over the last weekend and was just so far behind and bogged down it didn't make sense so we ran with some freestyle episodes this week and uh, i think it started last friday because i was just swamped swamped beyond belief with uh, things going on I don't know. I kind of like the format. I might keep it once, uh, once every great while, maybe, maybe once a month or uh, every other Friday or something like that. We'll do uh, just random topics that have come up from the community or just in my note taking and things like that. So it is what it is, guys. It is what it is. Back next week. Uh, topical episodes with 15-minute coffee talk and then rolling into the topic at the end. So I appreciate you joining. Tonight, today will uh, be fun. If you guys got any topics or anything you want to talk about, throw them in the live chat. I'll get them uh, get them starred and be sure to hit them. Let's see who's hanging out. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, oh, by the way, let's just get it done out of the way beforehand. Let's get that hashtag uh for the 30k giveaway 30k giveaway i wake up this morning and i look at my bitcoin uh price tracker like i always do one of the first few things i take a peek at when when i get up in the morning and we are pushing 30k but that's thirty thousand dollars per bitcoin we're gonna give away thirty thousand satoshis this morning if we can get 15 people uh using um using the hashtag and uh <laughs> Hashtag today, hashtag today in honor of uh, something I didn't watch last night, but I heard that there was uh, there was uh, plenty of talk going out about it. We're going to do hashtag ice cream, hashtag ice cream uh, in honor of old Sleepy Joe last night, um, given his old speech. So we will do uh, hashtag ice cream. One word, guys. I will get it up here in just one second hashtag ice cream to get uh get into <laughs> get into uh get into the drawing we got uh pip uh pip running uh bear bitcoin stack bear lard uh and kyle wants us to give it to him harder and don't but don't pull his horsetail uh yeah it's friday guys it's friday uh Let's see who is in the chat this morning already. We got Pip. Pip rolling in with some history, guys. If you uh, ever want to check out the history, Pip was the put Pip put together a history segment that we did for 150 episodes, I think, or 100 episodes. I don't remember a lot, a lot, and uh, I was always grateful for that. But it all started back when Pip was just dropping history tig tidbits in the chat every morning to uh, to tantalize us before the show started. And um, here 
is here is what he had for today. Uh, he says the ratification of Louisiana Purchase, uh, Sydney Opera House opens Leonard Skinner's plane crash. That was um, that was a bad day, bad day. Um, and something about Top Gear. But this was the one that I found interesting. He said the co-writer of The Sandlot, and then a few uh, few few periods there. So I don't know if this was an also or and. Uh, the dude who founded Penthouse died today. Now, I shot back a comment. I haven't seen the answer yet, but um, are those the same dude, Pip? I was not aware, and I would be very, um, very surprised if the co-writer, co-writer of the Sandlot, was the founder of Penthouse. But uh, hey, you never know. You never know. Good morning, Pip. Good morning, uh, Gingerbread Farms. How we doing? Uh, yes, silver will get shipped to you. I, uh, I was thinking of that when I was packing everything up to take over to the festival and uh, I have that marked away and it's in, it's in my safe for you. So uh, no worries. It isn't going anywhere and uh, I will get it shipped off to you as soon as I can. Uh, who else? Hunter. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Backwoods Butcher here this morning already scrolling through the comments. Uh, MSU Rifle. Good morning. Ice cream. Ice cream. Everybody likes some ice cream. Uh, Pip says they're different dudes, different dudes. Ah, man, man. <laughs> All right, let's get this off the screen here. Remove, save that for later. Hopefully we get to do our drawing. Uh, Backwoods says, hi, Corey and the puppies. And she just nods her head in appreciation. Uh, she's making TikToks or playing games or something, listening along. Gingerbread says, drop it off in person. Um, yeah, you're going to have to wait a little longer than the post office for that because I saw the temperatures. Little old Timmy's going to be posting, or Timmy posted that he's got to head back to Alberta for, and uh, Michigan is not far behind. So not heading north anytime soon, this time of year, for sure. If anything, we are uh, staying put or heading south. Or, yeah, no, no more cold, no more cold. Uh, I'm perfectly comfortable right here, uh, but never know Michigan in the spring, fall and summer doesn't seem bad. So if you want to wait, maybe, but I can't promise anything. So I don't know. I can have your silver for you in case you ever need it. In case you ever need that one ounce of silver, you can make your way. <laughs> we can meet up and I can exchange the, the one ounce silver. Um, Kyle says he's got some bangers stocked up for TikTok, guys. If you're not following Backwoods Butcher 603 on TikTok, be sure to go check it out. Um, I think I'm biased because I'm helping the I'm helping the guy figure his stuff out on content creation, but uh, I obviously am not because uh, when uh, you get the you get the nod from from John Willis that your shit's good, I. I think yeah, I, I would listen to him. He's he's been able to grow some brands on on um, social media. So, Haas says it's still in the nineties. There, it uh, was this eighty today. I think seventy six today. It's been in the mid seventies the last three days. It's been absolutely gorgeous. And um... <laughs> it's been absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I, I I really liking it. It's uh, 
highs in the 70s, lows in the 50s, high 40s. A couple of the days we fired off one short round of fires in the morning in the wood stove. It took the chill off. And uh, by the time the fire dipped out, it was warming up and it was really, it was really comfortable in here. So, man, if it could stay. Oh, happy birthday, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, huh? Yeah, James, I'll uh, I'll make sure you don't lose the one ounce of silver in the divorce. <laughs> All right. All right. Silver bullet in the cup this morning. I had, uh, had a pre-pack that was stashed away. I opened that up, dropped it in, and man, it is absolutely phenomenal if you want to check out. Silver Bullet blend or any of the other blends that uh, that I've come up with through my uh, my hand custom roaster there at Food Forest Farms. Check out foodforestfarms.com on the main page. There is a link to the Lots Project um, coffee selections, and you can head on over there and see everything we have. This premium uh, Silver Bullet blend is is uh, out of this world, but any of those roasts, I uh, I highly recommend anybody looking to get into premium air roasted coffee, or if you already have experienced it, it will definitely satisfy satisfy that urge to buy. Uh, but check it out, see what you think. It is a little spendier than your uh, than your than your Folgers, but sometimes you got to pay a little extra. And uh, sometimes it's worth it and sometimes it's not. I've found that uh, the coffee is for me. You can make your own decision, but you got to give it a try to find out. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I didn't hear about these. I'm going to, I think we're going to have to have a private conversation. Kyle, Kyle says, um, Pippinized, oh wait, Pippinized, uh, me and Pip, <laughs> hotels, hotel fireside chat was one of uh, my favorite SRF highlights. I, um, I'm only, I'm only imagining what fire it was beside and uh, what the chats had have in store, but I can, uh, I can only imagine. Did you uh, record those? Because I would love to, um, I, I could love, I would love hearing recordings of that and Kyle says that coffee will change your fucking life. <laughs> Hunter says it's definitely better than Maxwell House. That's the blue can, right? I think it is the blue can. Maxwell House is the blue can. Um I'll uh Kyle needs to do an episode about uh he needs to do an episode of his podcast about the PETA people on TikTok. I don't think he's had too many attacks yet. Uh, yes, they are out there. I uh, I used to used to needle them with Josh uh, on some of Josh's posts. So, uh, all right, what's on my list? What's on my list? That's enough of that silliness. Uh, let's see. Let's see. First on the list was uh, 30 k giveaway, guys. If you haven't entered in, if you're in the chat and you're listening or watching and you haven't got uh, got that hashtag in, just type hashtag ice cream hashtag ice cream. Uh, and we'll move on and we'll get, try to give that away at the end of the show. If we get 15 people in, uh, SRF, SRF, Kyle and Pip mentioned it there about their, their quote unquote fireside chats at the hotel after the event every day, they went back, they stayed at the hotel, same, same motel, motel, the no-tel motel and, um, spent some time. I've been processing SRF for the whole week. I, um, I 
got done. We had Monday we spent with Tim and Becky. We kind of recapped and did a did a recording. So I got to think a bit about it a little bit then, but I've been thinking about it more intently, like focusing. I haven't been very, very productive this week. I, I shouldn't say that I have. I've, I've gotten a lot of things straightened out. I've, I've found a lot of direction and um, definitely motivation. But as I've come to the conclusions over the last few days, processing everything that happened and all the information, the people we met, I, I accidentally met somebody new on Telegram yesterday because I thought it was somebody that I already knew from SRF uh, by their picture, uh, reached out and yeah, sure as shit. Never met him, never talked to him, but we are friends now. So that's cool. <laughs> still, still bringing people together. Um, so I, um, I'm on fire to do shit now. Um, SRF does that. Kyle's mentioned it since he's gone back. Uh, the, the car ride home was, um, was incredible for him. He did a lot of planning. He talked to people since he's been back. He's been motivated. I think Pip mentioned the same thing. I think that's a general feeling leaving SRF. And as I, as I'm really diving in and thinking about it and, and trying to think through all the motivation, I realized one thing that if you don't do anything with the intention, it isn't worth it. <laughs> It isn't, it, it doesn't mean anything. I'm not saying that the festival wasn't worth it. I'm not saying the information isn't worth it, but everybody talks about how motivated, how lit on fire you are when you leave. And that's great. Unless you don't use it. Unless you don't, unless you don't take action or unless you do take action on all that stuff you're motivated on, unless you do record that history segment pip pip record it and put it out there unless you do draw that sketch and send it off kyle proud of you proud of you buddy got your message last night when i went to bed and or this morning when i got up and uh, that's cool cool as shit uh you have to do something with it you can be all excited and motivated all you want and then it just goes away it doesn't stay around forever. And then you find yourself busy trying to find that motivation again, and you're searching for it. That's consuming your time and you're not doing anything. So when you get this big burst, when, when you find these things, and if you weren't there, find your own, find your own fire that uh, got lit under your ass. Maybe it's a, a blog post or a podcast you listen to, or a summation of some, um, I have plenty of groups on TikTok or on TikTok on Telegram that I'm in that I see people posting stuff that are those little motivators that bump during the day um, that keep you going. But these hair on fire events, these ones you leave and you're just like almost uh, short of breath because you're so excited to get started, you got to do something with it. I haven't. I'm not saying that uh, that I. I know this because I don't never do anything. I've squandered the motivation before and um, I realized this year I'm not. And that's where this thought came from was we're going to dinner tonight with people that we met at SRF. We're building those relationships. That's one focus I always had going into SRF is meeting new people and networking and uh, building that community 
and it's great in person, but when it never happens, when you leave, when you don't have those follow-ups, when you don't have those conversations and reach out, you're just, you're just acquaintances that see each other once a year, twice a year at this festival. We're building that community tonight. We took the next step of, of getting something together and, um, and get going out and uh, spending more time focusing on building our community, not the festival. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I uh, reached out for someone, um, reached out for someone to get me a um, kind of a blueprint and quote on the biochar project that <laughs> I've been spinning on for quite a while since we were out at Tim's, since I talked to Porterhouse on um, on the interview and we talked about biochar and I've been spinning on this idea. And it has notes and it has uh, little rough sketches. I have the picture in my head. I finally went ahead because I met somebody at um, I met somebody at SRF that uh, is set up to do it, equipped to do it with both the equipment, knowledge, and desire. Uh, and they're on fire from from SRF. And so I made those connections and I reached out and I said, "Hey, dude, I have this project. This is uh, kind of what I'm thinking." This is kind of the process I want to go through to make it happen. Are you interested? And he is. And he is. So cool. Already taken two steps forward to capitalize on the motivation from SRF. Got a bunch of other stuff that are uh, that are happening in, happening incrementally throughout the day and trying to pace myself and not burn myself out, but while still being motivated. So. That was the thought I had on that, guys. If uh, if it mean if it meant anything to you, do something. Even if you didn't go, even if you didn't go, but you hear you're all motivated from hearing us talk about different shit. Uh, maybe you're sick of it, and you just need to turn turn us off and go do shit. <laughs> I mean, there is that too. Um, good morning, Blakesley Acres. How are we doing, dude? Your uh, your shop is looking phenomenal, by the way. Anybody hasn't uh, been keeping tabs on Blakesley Acres, uh, be sure to check out the YouTube channel and um, and head on over to the Telegram chats where he shares pictures of his projects he's working on and he's building a, building a really cool shop uh, to do some butchering in. So super cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, Rachel. Oh, all right. Well, all right, Blakesley Acres, hashtag ice cream. Get in on that 30, 30K giveaway possibility here at the end of the show. So we talked about SRF motivation only works if there's action behind it. Talking about getting uh, getting together tonight for dinner and biochar. Those are my action things that I'm doing here in the last couple of days. I will continue to try to share things that are spurring out of uh, SRF and things that uh, are motivated to me along the way, maybe in the coffee chat as part of that, I will try to touch on that uh, sporadically. So we can keep ourselves accountable with keeping that, uh, that momentum going. Um, I want to say hi. I know she's listening. Well, I hope she's listening. She was getting ready to uh, jump in her car and take off. She has got a big presentation. My friend, Rachel Jameson, she's part of my community uh, community on Telegram. Uh, a bunch of other communities, awesome, awesome contributor, uh, fantastic. I've had her on the show and interviewed her. I, I really enjoy uh, everything she brings to the table. She is on her way to the Indiana 
Homestead, let me get this right, Indiana Homestead Conference in Indiana. She was a little confused last night. She thought she might have been going to Illinois. She had had a really, really, really long day and uh, mistyped. And uh, I was like, wait a second, I thought you were going to Indiana. I let it go and didn't say anything. Somebody else was said something. And yes, Indiana Homesteading Conference. Rachel, you're going to knock your presentation out of the park. I, uh, I'm excited for you to get down there and, and give it. I know you're nervous. I was uh, extremely nervous and just a person-to-person, uh, -person. go knock it out of the park. I wish you well. If you're in Indiana and you're looking to go to the Indiana Homestead Conference, it would be a great time to check out Rachel's presentation. And I'm sure there'll be video of it out and around. And I encourage you to check out uh, Rachel at Rewilder Life. And uh, she does podcast with, uh, with a friend. And uh, they get it out, and it's it's phenomenal. And I wish, I wish I had written down the exact name of the podcast because I don't want to get it wrong. And it's not real wilder life. And I blanked. I blanked this morning while I was didn't go that far. I apologize, Rachel. I will make up for that next week. We will plug uh, plug the podcast too. But good luck this weekend and your um, on your presentation. I know you will do just great. Uh, Haas says, what's her presentation on? I believe it's on canning and preserving. Could be wrong. I, uh, I know I looked at the picture that she submitted for the, the presentation and it, uh, it has something to do with preservation. I believe, I believe it was a, um, I believe she said at one point she was putting together a PowerPoint or something for, um, talking about canning. I could be totally off base on that. That could have been a total different conversation, but that's what, that's what's sticking into uh, into my head, right? Backwoods Butcher says canning, I'm pretty sure, yeah. That's that's what I was thinking, so. Whatever Rachel talks on talks about, it will be definitely well-informed and with a great knowledge base, and she's, she's, she's great. What a great part of our community over there, and several of them on Telegram, so I appreciate having her around. All right, well, <laughs> this, uh, this, episode today the topic i was i was bouncing around and thinking about what i wanted to do today to wrap up the week to wrap up kind of that freestyle week and i was like you know somebody told me oh it was sean last night <laughs> it was sean uh online last night i appreciate this i was um i was bouncing back and forth on topics and i was like oh, i'll do a, a news headline or something I'll just go to the go to the go to Twitter. Rob Kaiser is good for doing this on his all around growth podcast. Uh, he used to go to Twitter and talk about the trending, the trending things on Twitter because he was detached from all the stuff. And he, he it was fantastic. He'd be like, oh, this sports star did this. He goes, I don't even know what sport they play. Things to that nature. And I always thought that was great, uh, especially seeing he's checked out. Well, I am completely checked out of the news. People are telling me stuff. I think I mentioned it on the show a while back. It was three or four days after whatever went down in uh, the Middle East there. I didn't even know anything had happened. I don't look at the, nose, the news. The nose. <laughs> I just don't. I don't pay attention anymore. Uh, I took the advice of Jack Spierko at one point and just stopped and tried it out and never went back. Uh, if you ask Corey, I used to be in the news all day, every day, constant, um, worrying, upset, angry, yelling, just it, it wasn't worth it. 
uh, turning it off was probably the best thing I ever did. But it's always fun to come back and look at it with a new, fresh perspective. And so I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. And then randomly, uh, K-Bonk uh, threw a article link in my chat on Telegram at t.me slash lots chat. If you're on Telegram and you want to hang out, you should join that and uh, hang out with us. Uh, he threw an article in there and he's like, hey, I think I could argue with this. Okay, I read the article. I said, this is great. It's going to kind of fit in to the theme tomorrow. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of find some, uh, I will kind of find, um, find some other articles. I put a call out and some other community members threw some stuff out there. And then this morning I was just poking around. I think it was NBC. Let me see. Which is the one with the peacock? Is that NBC? I was checking out NBC news site and I, I pulled up a couple article titles. And so we'll talk about them. Uh, so, so let's, uh, let's get to it. I am going to, let's see, I can try to share these, um, articles. I don't know necessarily how much I will read them. I guess I could just read the headline. I have to figure out how to share all. I don't think I can share more than one. Anyway, um, let's, let me just talk about them. I can, uh, I can just flip over on my screen. I can't, uh, go back and forth between the giveaway. I guess I um, I messed everything up on this uh, on this sh screen share. It's interesting. I've never tried to do all of this at once, but regardless, um, let's start with the the first the first um, the first article. It was submitted by K Bonk over in the Telegram chat. Like I said, he uh, he submitted an article, and it was from Zero Hedge. And the title was The New Hoovervilles, RV Villages and Makeshift Tribes on the Rise as Inflation Bites. And if you don't know what Hoovervilles are, that was back in the Depression with uh, our president Hoover, Her Herbert Hoover. Um, when, uh, when the Depression was coming, people were congregating in shanty towns, putting up anything they can, uh, forgetting um for not worrying about what was going on they didn't have any money they were just trying to survive they put up these little shanty towns called hoovervilles there'd be soup kitchens there'd be charity uh a lot of people went nomad they were hobos on the rails and living like that now this um this author of this article is comparing today to then now, as someone that decided not for monetary reasons, not for uh, inflation, not for any other thing, more than the mere fact that we didn't want to be where we were anymore, and we didn't want to just choose someplace and go, because that's that's a significant investment. So I guess it was financially motivated. Um, we didn't want to make that mistake again. We had uh, a ton of logical, legitimate uh, reasons to do what we did. He is insinuating that the rise in this is likely caused by people having to sell and get out and not be able to afford uh, their houses and things like that. I um, I agree to a point. I think that's part of it. I I didn't, as part of the community, as part of the nomad community that chose to do this, 
we're kind of blind to the other side of it. We are, um, <laughs> ha, ha says, uh, was that how the town in, in the Grinch was named? No, no, I don't. I believe that was Whoville, not Hooverville. <laughs> As part of the community, the RV community that chose to, I, I didn't realize how many, um, I don't want to call them like, uh, villages, <laughs> RV villages that are, are, they're not intended. I guess they're intended by the people living there, but they're not, uh, they're not RV parks. They're not, um, places where people were renting places to stay. They are basically stretches of highway where people just park their IVs and, uh, and just sat down and stopped moving. I know now after digging in a little bit, like I knew they existed. I knew when we went to, uh, Pacific Northwest, even in, man, that was in 2021, 2020 must've been 2020. We went to the Pacific Northwest and this was already, already happening. There were just rows of RVs parked on the side of the road, people living or abandoned, um, abandoning them there and other people are taking them over as, as dwellings. So, um, I know this is happening and I have to assume with all the tent cities uh, popping up in inner cities with people um, losing homes, losing jobs, shit seems. So <laughs> I said before this, I, I stopped watching the news. It's, it's, um, it's hard to keep track of how shitty things are and how th shitty things are getting when uh when you're not paying attention to the news and the problem is the news either dampens it or or ramps it up you never get the true story so without taking the time to dig in there is a lot of shit going on and if you can if you can ignore it and live your own life and just live in your your bubble uh of your circle of influence your circle of concern that whole thing uh you don't notice it as much but then when you try to think about something like this on a national scale I, I really was not quite informed enough to say you're full of shit <laughs> to, to the guy writing the article. I think he's looking at one side of it. I think he is, he's comparing it to something he already knows that he's already heard about that he looked up. He's seeing correlations, but I don't think that's the whole picture. He mentions in there, the, the, um, the desire for people to go back to tribe living he kind of goes all over place in the article. He kind of, he, he, he blames financial reasons. He blames, um, the, the loss of community in neighborhoods and not knowing your neighbors, not relying on your neighbors and these communities and tribes reforming naturally in these, um, RV homes, like the new Hooverville, um, and I could be totally off on this. I plan to go back and read it again. I've read it three times now because I was kind of like, yes and no. Throughout the article, I was like, I agree, I disagree uh, with his conclusions. But it was uh, it was an interesting look at it. And it made me dive in a little bit more. I think there is a large group of people that 
are forced into this. I also think there is an equally large group of people that choose to do this. Um, just so you know, it it, it isn't free. <laughs> it isn't free. I guess if you're parking it on the side of the road with uh, in a in a just a congregation of RVs, that's probably free to park. Uh, and makes it a little easier. At least you have a roof over your head. If you're in the right climate, it can work for you. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there is a, a, a large group that realize that um, that it's okay to live this way, that it's okay to go against what's been thrown out there as what you need to achieve, what you want to achieve, that the middle class standard is go live in your, uh, live in your house in the suburbs with your two and a half kids and your dog and your neighbors all wave at each other and you all look the same. It always sat wrong with me, not even not even as I got into this alternative lifestyle, as I as I started, my eyes started opening to um, how cookie cutter we all are and we're all uh, molded to be. I always it never sat right. The the development concept. The, the housing concept where you see the row houses one after another that all look the same. And I didn't ever know why it didn't sit right with me. But every time I saw it, I was like, what? Why? Why do they all look the same? And when they don't, when they paint them the same color, it's even worse. But uh, even when they, when they're physically look the same, it always sat wrong. And it, I realized at one point that I I think it may be that I put two and two together and that everybody's an individual. Like we're all different. Why are we putting each other all in the same boxes? Why are we putting or we're we're willingly going and putting ourselves in these boxes in these little row houses that all look the same? We try to act the same. We're not the same. But we're conditioned to be that way through school, through whatever. I mean, we could go down the lines, but whatever, whatever. That's a, that's a rabbit hole for another day. I think there's a rebellion against it. And I think there's a rebellion against the, the isolation of, of people. I talked about it in my speech at SRF that I thought we were going to be alone on this. And I think we have more community and more relationships built traveling alone in an RV than we had in five years on the farm. More meaningful ones, more ones that have um, spawned results on both ends. Both participating parties have seen benefit uh, from the relationships. It, it, it was a shock to me. I thought Corey and I were going to go travel around and be by ourselves and take care of ourselves and learn how to survive by ourselves, um, do it on our own. And when we needed help, it was going to be a struggle to find somebody to help. And it, it was exactly the opposite of that so far. I, I, I'm happy to be wrong about that. Uh, the times that I've gotten help from people uh, in the community and out of the community and just random people have uh, I can't count them and I can't uh, I can't thank those people enough and they don't even know they did it they a lot of the times they don't even know they did anything out of the ordinary so um Hunter says do you think that nomadic life forces you to build community 
Um, forces you. I don't know if it necessarily forces you. I think it really changes your perspective on it. I think you realize you're fucked. <laughs> you can be real quick. And um, if you're not willing to reach out for help, if you're not willing to accept help, uh, it, it, it's an undue struggle, I think, or an un, uh, unneeded struggle, I think. I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> Gingerbread says, why does, why does every neighborhood need that one neighbor? Everyone knows who it is unless it's you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that. if I was still in the suburbs, that would be me for sure. <laughs> uh no agenda tracking a loneliness op yeah they are uh isolation is the real deal man isolation is definitely the real deal is it on purpose i don't know i i think that uh maybe the world got shitty enough that nobody really wanted to talk to the randos next to them i i always something clicked it with a description of of um school that kind of ties into that um somebody said to me one time and i can't remember if it was on a podcast if it was i wish i could give them credit i'm sure it was somebody way smarter than me but they were talking about and it might have been jack i don't know might have been before that you are forced if you go to public school you're forced to go and sit in a room with a bunch of random kids that happen to be your age maybe a year before or older or like a couple years older if they're really dumb but um sit in that room participate with them um interact with them with no common interests no common goals no common anything you're forced to interact with them on a daily basis, to cooperate with them. Now, in your life, what would be the only purpose in that? If you want to build strong relationships and community, and we've realized this as we've, we've broken free and built our intentional communities, our intentional relationships, we find people that have common goals and interests. We find people that like the same things as we do, that believe the same things that we do, that have the same principles as we do. And the only place that we are really put in that situation where we're forced to deal with people that we don't know, don't like, don't give two shits about, are forced to be quote unquote friends with, is in an, in an employment situation where you're, you have that J-O-B. Now, it's obvious that schools are training us to be employees, like factory employees. Um, I think once we break free of that and realize that we don't have to interact with everyone, we don't have to. And usually we're much happier when we don't. I mean, usually if you can, and I don't, I'm not talking about putting yourself in a bubble with only the people that think exactly like you. You need to expand your, 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 your thoughts. You need to expand ideas, but you should do it at your own accord. 
like, hey, I don't want to be friends with these people. <laughs> like, I I have to do this for a for a dollar. I don't want to have to be friends with them too. Um, Haas says Bob Wells. Bob Wells is amazing. Bob Wells, uh, the van life guy. If you uh, if you go and search Bob Wells in YouTube and check out his YouTube channel, he is uh, he is phenomenal at saving money and uh, doing doing van life on the on the bare bones. And it, it's great if you're if you're considering uh, hitting the road in van life, or you just want to see an interesting cat that uh, makes some pretty cool videos. He is phenomenal. He is phenomenal. Bob is. Uh, I've checked his videos out. It really, a lot of it wasn't applicable to us uh, because he is in such a small space and the things he does, he can get by. But um, man, if I was by myself, Bob Wells would definitely be a blueprint uh, of how to live life to its fullest. Haas says godfather of free living, basically, basically. Uh, I don't remember. Didn't he do a challenge uh, to see how how cheap he could live for a year or a month? He's been doing this shit forever. He's been living in a van down by a river forever. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So that tangent there. <laughs> do what you want. Do what you want. Uh, find your find your tribe. That was kind of the, the hashtag for SRF this year. It's finding your tribe. And when you start to and you see the power of, uh, of being around uh, being around like-minded people, people that are, that are motivated like you, people that are motivated by the same things as you. It's magic. It works. Talked about it earlier. All that motivation, you just got to do something with it. But as long as you do something with it, it's incredible. And I think... We might, they might have cracked that code a long time ago. They, whoever they are, whoever wanted us to be miserable and drones and go into, uh, and go into the factory and work and just be uh, just above miserable, uh, miserable enough to keep coming back. I think that they fear what happens when people choose who they're with for the majority of their time. That when they're around people that can inspire them instead of just head down, let's go punch the clock and get our paycheck. I'm not saying that we don't have to have that in this world, but I don't think we need that much of it in this world. So there's that. That was an article on nomadic living. <laughs> Thanks, K-Bonk. Thanks, K-Bonk, for the 15-minute um, spiral out of control there. Uh, next article that got submitted was by old Brian Norton Scramblin. I don't know if Brian got up early enough to um, get in on the get in on the 15k chance, but I appreciate him submitting the article. Let me let me get this headline from um, oh where did it go? Where did it go? Oh here it is, the week from theweek.com. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure of this. This. Um, this publication, but uh, the headline is Mexico's Sinalo Sinalao. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Weird. Uh, back to the history segment. Can't pronounce a name thing. Uh, the cartel they ban fentanyl, reportedly under pain of death. All right. Well, I'm going to start with 
the headline. I was excited. I was like, oh, so the so fentanyl is not uh, like the ultimate get high and die type of thing. It is not like euphoric and it's it's painful. When I read when I read the the headline, I thought that there was a soft spot in the cartel's heart that was getting rid of fentanyl because it was painful when you OD with it. That was my take, my uh, my drive-by take on the headline. Not so much, guys. They don't give a shit. <laughs> I read the article. So it appears that the U.S. is getting serious about fentanyl, guys. They don't think it's a good thing. I don't know. We've had an opioid crisis or whatever crisis. Um, we have people ODing on this shit for, I don't know, a few years now at least. I, I'm so checked out. When uh, I think uh, the George Floyd, was it George? Was George Floyd Minneapolis? Yeah, George Floyd. He, uh, I think he died back in 2020. I think it was right at the beginning of COVID. Yeah, because there were all the restrictions and everybody was protesting with their masks on and stuff. It was it was quite comical. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's been going around, going on for four or five, six years, fentanyl. Uh, finally, the U.S. decides that it's not a good thing and decides to start arresting Mexican cartel guys. El Chapo, you've heard of him. He got arrested a couple times. They they rode him out of a tunnel, out of a Mexican prison on a scooter. I think they got him. They captured him again. It's laughable to me that um, that these guys can't be captured. <laughs> but um... <sighs> right, right. Kyle, Kyle nails it here. They're trying to stop the flow into the U.S. so the U.S. doesn't rain hell on them, dude. It's so sanctimonious. Like, they haven't done anything for five years, and now they want to make a show of it. So we're going to start arresting them if you don't if you don't stop it. Did it take this long to figure out it was a problem? James says they have free Narcan at rest areas. Weird. I, uh, I've talked to more than one person since we've been in Tennessee that has been saved by Narcan. Not just that have used it, not just that have known about it, not that have had a friend that uh, has used it, have been saved from ODs from it two times. I don't talk to that many people on a daily basis in person. And twice since I've been in, in Tennessee, it's come up in conversation. Biggest problem. Um... Haas says, I think it's too far gone, just like Dare back in the 80s. Well, anyway, the article the article that Brian sent in was about exactly what Kyle said. They're starting to arrest. Um, they arrested El Chapo. They arrested their his kid, I guess, and exported and extradited him to the U.S. <coughs> and uh, now the the four the four mini Chapos um that are down there running things the u.s is like we are gonna stick a big old dildo in your butt and you're gonna like it if you don't shut this shit down and uh man they started killing the drug dealers they started killing the producers they said no more no more blue pills uh only viagra no fentanyl uh and are shutting it down 
just that easy, guys. Just that easy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I get confused. I get confused when uh, when this stuff happens because in the article that they interviewed the guy, he said, well, I'm going to really try to make it through the fentanyl uh, conversion when we're getting rid of the fentanyl. I'm going to have to really, really push the Mexican brown heroin or our uh, our premium China white. Or we might have to go back to running guns to make ends meet. Yep. Yep. So what, what's the point? What's the point? I don't know. Like, uh, who says up there, it's too far gone. Like there, um, I don't know. I don't know what it's all about. Can we put more people in prison? I look at, I look at Philly and I, is that fentanyl? I see the, Hey, K bonk, you're down there or over there. Uh, these, the zombie, the zombie neighborhoods I see on, uh, on TikTok where they go around and they film all the, all the zombies in the street. Is that fentanyl that's doing that? I'm so out of the loop. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't need to be aware of it because I don't do it. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Hunter says probably some government officials kid got it, caught it or something. Uh, Hunter did Hunter did Hunter get into the fentanyl and uh, and Joe says we gotta stop this. This is a problem. Ginger <laughs> says I actually got a survey basically asking if I would vote for Biden if he legalized weed. Oh God, this is the ploy now. <laughs> oh. Obama phones to Biden blunts. <laughs> I mean, he already gave out the he already gave out the crack kits or whatever it was. <laughs> that crack pipes that he gave out. Oh, uh, anyway, thanks, Brian, for putting that article in. That gave me a chuckle thinking about the fact that they're really going to crack down on fentanyl now. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Kyle says, good morning, Brian and Corey. Good morning. Good morning, Mrs. Butcher, the butcher's wife. I uh, I was telling Corey last night it was a very uh, it was a pleasure meeting you, and I'm glad I'm glad Kyle didn't come out by himself because um, he is he is more of a man with you behind him, 100. <laughs> percent Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a good job with the little guy. <laughs> um. K-Bonk says on the, the zombie towns, it's a hybrid cocktail from what I hear. It's in the hood where they set up safe injection zones. Okay. Yeah, I see that shit. I'm like, man, I don't know. <laughs> they look like they're okay. They look, they look like they're not worried about much. <laughs> I was looking at the kids that were, uh, the guys that were going in. And uh, getting the free needles and then selling them back. Or maybe they were picking up needles and selling them to buy more needles or something. It was it was some insane like merry-go-round of uh, of free needles and and uh, buyback needle buybacks. And these these uh, budding young entrepreneurs that weren't hooked on the drugs were taking full advantage of this and going and and getting the free.
hey. <laughs> they don't want you to know about the the, the needle the needle scam, guys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're at 52. We're at 52. I'm gonna check in on this giveaway. Not even close, guys. You uh you failed me again. You didn't get out there, tell your friends to come. We're not gonna be able to give this away. I know it's a purposeful ploy for me to end up having to give away a big, big old pile of Satoshis. Um, Haas says, yeah, San Francisco, LA is bad too on the drug-free zones. Uh, K-Monk says it's a mess and has been for 10 years. That's what I was, that was what I was under the impression. They're making big deals of these, these zones of, um, where um the the groups are congregating just getting getting just completely um completely annihilated in the streets and things like that and um they i think they um i think they're saying it now they're like oh my god look at this problem but from what i recall it's it's been around for a while it's been around for a while, just like the the RV uh, shanty towns that I was talking about way back in in the Pacific Northwest. This is not a new thing. I think people are just looking for something to talk about, looking for something to um, looking for something to blame it on, and things like that. So, what? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Kyle. I don't know who Amy is. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, never mind. Never mind. I do. I do know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. That was a comment for me, I believe. But anyway, I had one more uh, one more thing to look at on my list. Uh, actually, two. One was um, the, the, the Commander-in-Chief's speech last night i didn't watch it i didn't read anything about it all i uh, i heard secondhand that he just wants to send more money to people that are getting blown up probably because we are blowing them up or helping them get blown up uh it's all a scam it's all a shell game and it's all uh being siphoned off to places that it shouldn't so let's send billions and billions and billions of dollars to the ukraine because I'm pretty sure we led the story off with inflation and the fact that people are losing their homes and living in RVs and we're making shanty towns and it's all because of the economy. But let's take billions of dollars and send it somewhere else. Good job. I don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. What's it going to do for me? He gave a speech last night. I guess he was begging they're going to give money to more to Israel because Gaza, Gaza, the Gaza, the Palestinians or Hamas or some somebody shot somebody in the Mideast again or or you know, there was a suicide bombing like there is every other Tuesday. I apologize. I feel bad for the people that are there. I feel bad for people that die or suffer or get blown up or their houses get blown up. I get it. I'm not not blind to that. What does it have to do with me? Blow my house up, I'll be pissed off. I'm not going to ask Israel to send me money. I'm not going to ask Israel to send the U.S. money. Why are we the world's police force? And don't we send Israel a shitload of money every year anyway? 
K-Bong says, who's helping the USA? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's what I try to figure out. Um, <laughs> Bitcoin's a Bitcoin bumper run coming. Uh, yeah. I see that bump. I see that bump, K Bonk. I was mentioning it this morning when I woke up. It was it was just touching uh, thirty, touching thirty. We were at twenty nine plus, I believe, when I looked, and uh, I was hoping that it was going to be thirty thousand. I was going to be able to give away uh, thirty thousand satoshis, but yeah, maybe next week we'll be at thirty. I would love to be at forty five thousand dollar Bitcoin next week when it's forty five thousand. I bet we'll have fifteen people in the audience if I got. Uh, if we got $45,000 Bitcoin and I'm giving away 45000 maybe. <laughs> okay, here, Kyle. Kyle's got the numbers. I knew he probably saw him on TikTok. I knew he'd come through for me. Um, Kyle says it's reported that we give $3 billion to Israel every year. $3 billion with a B. Um, and in the next sentence... Kyle uh, lays out there that we're also giving Palestine $100 million. <sighs> you ever play roulette? You ever play roulette and um, you have a betting strategy where you'll sacrifice bets to come out ahead in the long run? You can play the thirds on the roulette. You can play the rows. You can play the blacks or the reds, but when there's more than one choice, you can hedge your bets, like Kyle says, and uh, bet two out of three. Guaranteed, you're going to lose one. Sometimes you're going to lose them both, but more often than not, you're going to come out ahead. You're going to lose a little. You're going to make a little. You're going to make a little, make a little, make a little, and you're going to come out ahead. Hmm. Oh, Kyle said that that doesn't even include all the military aid. Oh, one last thought before we get out of here. I'll spin this wheel and then give you one last thought. Uh, let's pull this up here. We we got, um, I think, eight. 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 Guys, not even halfway there. Uh, there was well more than eight people uh, listening along uh, as we were doing this. I guess they just didn't want, uh, didn't want that money given away. So next week. But uh, who would have won this week? I'm saying Canadian Farmstead. He is always excited to win the not. Um, the not drawing. Oh, it would have been Blakesley Acres, Blakesley. If you got out there and uh, and pushed uh, pushed the contest, you would be fifteen thirty thousand satoshis ahead. <laughs> oh man, I lost my thought. I lost my thought, guys. I got excited about the drawing. It had something to do with um. Ginger Smith says 15 people and nine of them can be scrambling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, what it was. I've been thinking about um, scale uh, when I was thinking about affiliate products, things like that. And the, the numbers that it would take to just like, like home run. Uh, and you look at numbers like 100,000 people. You look at numbers like 10,000 sales, things like that. And uh, it, it, it looks insurmountable it's a lot um then you look at how many people are in the world and so i started looking at uh scales uh where you know 
the big picture, the whole picture. Numbers aren't that big sometimes. And then when you look at billions of dollars and you realize how much that is, you don't realize how much it is until you compare it to a dollar. When I compare my 10,000 people to the population of the world, it's not very many percentage of the world to sell 10,000 things. Um, but looking at the way we flippantly throw away money in this country to other countries, the significant difference that it would make to the citizens of this country is, is mind boggling. Do I think we should be a socialist nation? Just give away the money. Absolutely not. Do I think we should donate it and all Nah, I don't know. I don't know. But the, 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 the sheer amount of work that that money could do instead of throwing it up in the air and making it explode on maybe a hospital or a church or a wedding or things like that when they lob these bombs that are tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars doesn't make sense to me. It is what it is, guys. We're over an hour. I got to wrap up because we got to get uh, get our dogs for walking and get on with our day. I uh, I appreciate you hanging out this week. I apologize for the the scatterbrained episodes. I will be getting back to normal next week. I, I just needed a week to recover. If you uh, if you like the show, I appreciate it if you'd share it this weekend. Uh, head on over to YouTube. My my YouTube or my presentation from SRF is up there. Uh, it's doing well. I got uh, I got a few views on it already. So if you go over, check that out if you're interested. If not, share it with somebody that might be interested. Uh, also do that with the show. I'll be back to uh, weekly emails uh, Saturday and Sunday. I didn't uh, get to those last week either. I am a horrible podcast host. But I appreciate everyone listening, guys. And uh, if you'd like to participate in the live comments, you can always join the live recording Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find a post about the episode along with links to all my social media services I offer and recommended products and companies I'm affiliated with at the L-O-T-S, thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it an awesome week, guys. If you were out at SRF, you watched them, you got that motivation, actually make something of it. Do something. Do something. Action. Action validates that motivation. If you didn't go, I hope you have an awesome weekend and you're motivated too to get some shit done. Let's talk about it on Monday. Have a great weekend, guys, and we will talk to you then. Yeah.